You're listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. The following program was recorded at the 2018 Annual Meeting for the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions. Here is your host, Alicia Sutton. So welcome. We are broadcasting from the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions in Orlando, Florida at their annual meeting. And I'd like to welcome my guest, Rob Lowney. We're going to talk a little bit about creative ways to improve engagement in CME, because that's an area of expertise, and how to add value across all stakeholders in CME. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Rob. So my name is Rob Lowney, and I'm the Principal and Managing Director of CMEology. We're a medical education company. All we do is CME. It was founded about seven or eight years ago now, and I've been doing from one thing to another in terms of healthcare and uh, education for the last uh, about 25 years or so. Wow. Well, you and me alike, it's been a number of decades. So you guys are doing some creative stuff. I was reading about it. One in particular was about working with artists who also have a clinical condition to help bring that out. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, we think it's very important to try to humanize what we're trying to accomplish in our education. It's more than just data. It's more than just diagnosis. There's a person behind things. So, for example, in mental health or hemophilia, those are the two areas where we've done it, there are artists out there that do wonderful work, and many of them have hemophilia or even more so on mental health from a bipolar perspective or depression. And so can we find these people? And that's not too hard to do. And there are certain groups out there where they have um, artist art shows, for example, in certain ways. There's one in New York City, and we can work with these different galleries or artists themselves, and they'll, they'll be glad to provide us with their art We pay them, we compensate them for them in an appropriate way. And then from that, what we do is we have their art, and then we can use it across all of our meeting materials. So if we do a live event, for example, how do we humanize that? How do we get people to want to go? How do we engage that? Hey, I'd like to be there. So it's pretty straightforward. We can take that art, and then we can use it on our invitations, on our syllabi, across all the other meeting materials. And if we want to, we can include that depending on what we're trying to accomplish in our online stuff as well to try to humanize that and then the artists a lot of times they'll provide us with their background a little bio if there's anything they'd like to convey in terms of uh, advocacy or different kind of things that they're trying to accomplish we'll include that in there so the artist feels great and uh, we feel great as well because we're doing something for them and adding value to our education that's fantastic yeah i can imagine when you have an artist portraying the emotions, the feelings of that clinical condition, that it's quite personal. Yeah, and the artists love to see their, you know, their own stuff. It's like they're, they're pretty happy about it, and it's pretty fun to do, and it's, it's exciting, and we think it elevates the level of engagement that we do in terms of trying to get people to you know, be interested in attending something that we're, we're trying to accomplish or trying to do. Right. So here's, a, here's another one that I thought was kind of cool to hear about you guys using trivia in your CME meetings. Tell us about that. Well, these are all things that aren't expensive to do. So first of all, we have to look at, like, what can we do? It was education. You know, budgets aren't like the way they used to be. So what can we do to get people to, you know, engage but do things differently or in, in a neat way? So, for example, we've all been to the movies. And there's things when we go to the movies that we look ahead of time while we're waiting for that movie to start, what's happening. And so there's trivia. There's interesting things, and we all pay attention to that while we're waiting for that movie to start. But we never seem to take advantage of this time in education. So before a live meeting is starting, there's 15, maybe 20 minutes. Doctors, nurses, other healthcare professionals, they're waiting. Well, that's an opportunity to educate and to provide what we're trying to accomplish. So what we do is we provide education in terms of trivia, fun facts and trivia, within that time frame about the specific disease state that we're trying to accomplish. And in addition to that, we'll then take that and we'll add fun facts not related to the disease state as well. 
And those fun facts might be, for example, if you're in New Orleans or if you're in Chicago, they may be something about the city, something interesting that you know, people might not know. It might be something about the sports franchise within the city or maybe a poet or other things like that. And it makes it more kind of interesting. And those, those are all interwoven together. So while people are sitting there, it's very easy to do. Anyone can do this on PowerPoint. You can make some simple animations as well. And it's fun. And sure. learners like it. And yeah. it's not taking that 15, 20 minutes of time that's typically lost in providing another educational moment to try to, you know, and those the things that we're trying to accomplish are typically aligned with our learning objectives. So, you know, we're trying to just do little things to make, you know, differences. Absolutely, and that it sort of piques the brain and gets people stimulated to hear the rest of the conference. Yeah, sometimes you'll see a trivia question and you see they, it's an icebreaker. They talk to their neighbor who's sitting next to them who they may not know and they may right. say something about it, and that's kind of neat too. It is good. So sort of the opposite spectrum of trivia and fun the economic value of CME, which is, I'm sure, quite a deep dive into data. Tell us what you guys are doing in that space. Well, the economic stuff, our stuff was published first in 2014, and we continue to do that. But what we continue to hear is the value of CME. And people don't always know, like, how do we quantify the value of CME from a quantifiable perspective? And we get this a lot from our supporters. How do I show value to our stakeholders who are saying, well, I want to cut your budget? What can I do? How do, we, how do we do that? And when we typically, as CME professionals, we look at outcomes. So there's Don Moore, who's from Vanderbilt University, and he has these wonderful outcomes in there. Great. Level one being you know, participation. Level four being competence. But then there's, they go up to you know, higher than that for patient health and ultimately beyond that. But the point of the matter is many stakeholders don't know CME jargon. They don't know what to do. So what we've decided to do and we tried to do and now we've been able to do it is to develop something that's universally understood. So we all know about money. So if we can tie the value of what we're doing from a money perspective in an appropriate way, we can make a difference. So basically we know, for example, if we reduce the relapse rates of multiple sclerosis or depression or see if someone has COPD and we can reduce exacerbations, we can save money. So how can we do that? We use a proprietary model. I shouldn't even say it's proprietary because anyone can do this, but we use probabilistic sensitivity analysis. We could run based on how many learners do certain things. We can project through this mathematical model how many people are likely to make certain changes. When we know how many people are likely to make certain changes, what that can then do, we can quantify it and say, based on this specific continuing educational program, if it's on multiple sclerosis or diabetes, because we know, for example, if hemoglobin A1C levels go up, that's correlation to, you know, more expenditures within the healthcare system. Right. And ultimately, that can show, using probabilistic sensitivity analysis, that we can also make there's cost averted, which is gigantic. Now non-stakeholders know that as well. And because of that, we've actually, you know, provided this data. It's been published. It's been in the Wall Street Journal Online, CBS News, Money Watch, Boston Globe, many others. But we've also happy to say that certain budgets that may have been cut, we've been able to share this information and now those budgets haven't been cut. So we saved certain groups' educational budget, which will ultimately mean that we're going to get more funding right. and more opportunity for education. No, that's very interesting. You mentioned that the original publication is 2014? I believe so. And we did another one. That was in JSEP. We did another one in 2015. We're currently doing another publication now, which combines some of that economic stuff with looking at the TELMS model and trying to validate that as well. The economic parts is only a, a portion of that. Right. But we do feel that research and trying to convey what we're 
doing from a improving patient health, changing performance, enhancing patient care. What we're trying to do is, you know, get that word out there to reach, you know, the CME community and beyond. Right. And that might be even beyond that, maybe even posters at national meetings and both for the CME community and for the non-CME community as well. Right, right. Well, for, and for the viewers who are enjoying this interview with you, we'll put the link in the write-up. They can look below and see the link for them to oh, research yeah. where the publication come from, from JSEP. That'd be great. Yeah, that's that's terrific. You have a health spectrum design that you guys are working on. Do you want to shed yeah. a little light on that? So what we know is that clinicians, they get they get bombarded with so much information. And how do they assimilate it? How do they remember it? How do they recall it? And there's some you know some data out there looking at you know education from a knowledge, performance, behavioral change, for example. There's data out there, it's limited, but what we've tried to do from a health spectrum perspective is look at that data and come up with something that's going to make people more engaged. And because if they're more engaged and they're learning and they're actively involved within the education, we hope that there's, you know, retention is higher and that ultimately has a nice effect on behavior change, which we've seen it does looking at the data, as well as we're hoping to ultimately performance. So what is health spectrum or it can be used across any disease state, but basically it's online multimedia case studies. What it does is it combines problem-based learning with evidence-based medicine, collegial, as well as expert opinion with technology, with the latest of technology to to basically increase the bar in terms of learning. What it does is it involves clinicians in the learning process. For example, it looks like a patient chart. So in the patient chart, you have different tabs. It starts off with a patient video. It can be a real video or a standard, a real patient or a standardized patient. And then after that video, we typically do two cases. After that video, there's a variety of tabs. There's a history tab, maybe exams, maybe imaging, depending on what you're trying to accomplish. There's management, clinical pearls at the end. What do you want to remember, right? And then also references with hyperlinks. Within each tab, then, there are the evidence. So we have the case background, but if we click on a highlighted word, up comes the evidence. So the evidence is then woven in to the actual instructional design. Because people don't necessarily think, oh, the evidence first, now what should I do? We're talking about the patient first. The patient needs to come first. This does that. In addition to that, we have polling questions. We have our faculty video who has introduced the patients, and there's typically three faculty videos. They're short. Within this, introducing the patient, going over through management and what do we need to remember at the end of the day. So in addition to that, there's also animated slides where people can actually hear a narrator go through the slides. So the data actually now becomes alive. We've actually engaging people with the data itself. And people have to click through these different aspects of the program to complete it. So by being engaged and by being right. involved within the activity, the retention increases and ultimately we can have a better effect on both behavior, knowledge, competency, behavior, and so forth. And if you look at, well, what do the learners say about it? I think that's the, that's the question. What are they saying? I would say 99% love it. They're very, very happy with it because we've asked, what do you think? What should we what should we do differently? It feels like a real-world situation it of how they is. treat it, their it's, patients. It's by. similar to a simulation, mm-hmm. but done in a little bit different way using technology. And it's usually like... I think I can absorb the information more. It mm-hmm. made the data come alive. I like the patient aspect of it. Right. It's real-world situations. One learner in particular said this is the way all education should be. It's Not fantastic. that everyone's going to say that, but the overall response from learners was very, very positive and continues to be positive. We've done this about five or six times. And it's, it's something that learners like. 
while it's a little bit new and different, it's not that radically new. You know, it sounds well-constructed in, in, in a logical way. Yeah. It, is this available on your website? Somebody yeah, it is. There's it's available on that, our website. Give us that address. And um, Yes, it's www.cmeology.org, C-M-E-O-L-O-G-Y.org, and it's on our website. Anyone can take a look. Our goal, we think it's helping people, physicians, healthcare professionals, improve you know what they're doing they're being engaged but at the end of the day it's all about the patient and we're hoping and we think that we're making a difference within the healthcare fantastic. community that's fantastic rob thank you so much for joining us today thank you this has been the alliance for continuing education in the health professions their annual meeting and it sounds like you are fitting right in thanks well, so much enjoy it and thank you for having me you've been listening to lifelong learning on ReachMD, featuring key insights from the alliance's 2018 annual meeting To download this podcast and others in this series, please visit ReachMD.com slash lifelonglearning.